Today, Joyce and I, we jump in or revisit the topic of burnout. And maybe we're projecting because, as many of you know, Joyce lost her husband a month and a half ago. And I've got a lot of stressors coming down on me. So maybe we're projecting our own need to have this conversation. But I don't think so. I think collectively, we've all gotten a hit in the gut between the pandemic and other world events that surround us, not to mention things that are happening in our individual lives. So in this episode, we're going to jump into the impact of life events that cause burnout uh, and the impact of stress on not only our emotional well-being, but also our physical health. And importantly, talk about steps that OD and HR can do to address both individual and organizational burnout. Modern life stresses all of us. So come in, grab a snack. Welcome. Set. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Get your snacks. What's going to be? <laughs> I'm into the yogurt <laughs> that comes in glass containers. It feels very European and it's good. And I have 20,000 <laughs> glasses that all hold little candles. <laughs> oh, but my gosh. I've had my snack. That's what it is. Um, how are you today? I'm I'm doing pretty good. Um, I I have a lot of reasons, perhaps, why I, I shouldn't be, but uh, um, you know, I'm up. We're here, and uh, yeah, I'm curious Let's about today's hear it conversation. For that. Let's hear it for that. I just said the same thing to you. I'm feeling really good today, with not a lot of reasons to feel great. <laughs> and so there's a foundational optimism that pops up. <laughs> yeah. I, I laughingly said to you, well, anybody who works in retail <laughs> sort of has to have that. But um, you and I had been talking before about the pandemic of burnout. And then I began to talk about my background in stress management and that burnout seemed like an end place. I am yes. burned out. <laughs> I am done. Where stress management feels more um, possible of to make things better. And, For sure. And um, globally, anyone who isn't kind of jittery, we're nuts. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> there is great reason to be daily jittery. And where optimism becomes a discipline, you have to have it. Yes, we need it, and we'll come back and do one on developing optimism. But um, today, I wanted to first of all, too, I think there's organizational um, stress, lots of stressors, but there are also a lot of personal. And I think right now, business is a little mixed up about where to intervene. Yeah. No, you for know, sure. We're going to try to be kinder to the individual, more flexible and all that. Um, and what remedy works where? Uh, yes. you know, where is the remedy HROD coming to the fore to handle it? And when is it the company, if it chooses to, providing individual support? Remember EAP? Yeah. Well, actually, that's one of my examples of burnout. Uh, yeah, EAP for sure. What, what, tell me about, what do you mean? Well, we, we were talking beforehand about our own personal experience with burnout and yeah. you, 
you rem may remember this, Joyce. Uh, we had uh, an employee stabbed to death uh, in Bangor, oh, yeah. Maine. Yep. And it was it was a Saturday night, and I literally with the with the clothes that I was wearing headed up to Bangor that night. Yeah. Um, went through. Uh, I mean, I was there to help manage the situation, but I was also in the situation. Yes. Uh, didn't know uh, the victim, but uh, where I got involved with the AP, I was up there for six days. I had to go out and buy clothes and, yeah. and, and just couldn't leave. Uh, and when I came back, I was in uh, what mm. I would describe as kind of like almost like in a fog, <laughs> in a haze. I, I, yep. I, uh, there was this malaise. I didn't feel that good. And I remember this so clearly. I, our head of uh, EAP was a fellow by the name of Ted. Uh, and I went to him and he thought I was coming with my HR hat to talk oh. about our employee assistant program. And I finally just said, Ted, I appreciate, you know, giving me this information, but I really want to, I'm here today because I think I'm in trouble. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and he was great. And uh, that was a real breakthrough for me because once we talked about uh, burnout and stressors, uh, I was able to rationalize it. Like, sure, I just spent six days in this intensive immersion yeah. and, and I literally was just drained. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's my EAP example. Uh, and, and I'm just so thankful that I had kind of the, the, the presence of mind in that fog yeah. to re reach out to a psychologist to kind of help me walk through it. And I remember uh, when EAP positions were internal. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of companies, they are. Yeah. And I, and I kind of wanted to be one. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Uh, individual work um, was not showed up once I got into an organization. Um, so I used to do stress management workshops long ago. That was the in thing. Yeah. And burnout was talked about, but it was more like stress management. So I'm looking at a list and I had dug this up about personal issues that it's a rated scale. There are many yep. scales people out there if you want them. And this was for personal life events. And if you got 300 points, you were probably in need of some kind of help, physical or mental or emotional. Um, and I, so we used to do the uh, stress management and people would put down what they had. And it was very, actually, it had to become intimate. And um, everyone left feeling much stressed after talking about how stressed they were. <laughs> so that goes to your example. That's part of the EAP or the um, good leadership listening to let people talk without providing an immediate cure. But anyhow, here I was, I'll give you a couple examples of life. Yeah, sure, please do. Life changing, life changing units, they're called. And of course, I'm in the middle of one that rates 100, and that's the death of a spouse. So talk about fog that you mentioned. Yeah. I go in and out of it, and today I'm out of it. But anyway, 100 for the death of a spouse, 73 for divorce, marital separation is 65, 
Death of a close family member is 63. How about this? Getting married is 50. Oh, wow. Yeah, because of the profound shift. This getting married getting married is actually higher than losing your job. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, it will. It throws your whole internal map up for grabs. You have to reshape your life. Dismissal from work is 47. Marriage is higher. <laughs> and guess what? Marital reconciliation is 45. Uh, pregnancy is 40. Having the baby is 39. Business readjustment, 39. Oh, I bet that's changed. Um, change in frequency of arguments hmm. is 35, meaning if they go up. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. This is interesting because it doesn't always fit with organizational stuff. The life event says change in responsibility at work is 29. So um, <laughs> trouble with the boss, 23. Spouse starts or stops work, 26. Listen to this one. Outstanding personal achievement is 28. Can't stand it. Can't stand success. Right. And a vacation is 13. <laughs> I get, go figure. I, I, I would love to know, and I'm sure there's a science to it in terms of how they come up with this numerical uh, grading system. You, you know, as, as you were toggling down the list, uh, I, I bet some of our listeners, and I certainly was, kind of check it off, check it off in terms of my own experience. There's um, a phenomena in uh, statistical analysis, mm -hmm. and it's called the high probability of low probability events occurring. And so that what that means is if you take most of these, any one of these, you'd say, okay, uh, divorce, that's probably a low, in my life right now, it's probably a low probability mm -hmm. uh, that I would get divorced. Uh, and, and if you think about other low probability events, I'm gonna get struck by lightning, I'm gonna win the lottery. But the high probability comes into this phenomena because at any point in your life, chances are there's a low probability event occurring. Does, does that make sense? Well, in today's world, it really makes sense. Yeah. So I, I, that's all to say um, if, if, uh, if we are feeling stressed and a little burnout, uh, clearly uh, there's a lot going on, not and to mention- yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say not to mention that our our worlds, we're getting bombarded with data points. You know, our cell phone literally holds us captive uh, to, to stimulate our thinking and ultimately creates some overload and to for get, me anyway. And to get punched in the gut. And yeah. some of these that, you know, the time at which this scale was made, we need a new scale. Some of these that are worth 20, listen to them, change in working hours, change in recreation, change in social activities, change in sleeping habits. Those are like 20 apiece. Trouble yeah. with boss. So, cha yeah, change in living conditions. You add all those up. And they're um, what we might have called gnats or nigglies, you know, but the preponderance. And, and by the way, I bet most people right now are carrying personally 300 points. And at 300, there's a risk of illness. 
score of 150 to 299, the risk of illness is moderate. And at 150, there's uh, no risk at all. And so we're at high risk. Yeah, well, I'll t uh, what, what I find fascinating uh, about this topic, I, I think all, many times we, we think of being burnt out is something in our thinking or in our cognitive uh, clarity. Uh, when in fact, and it's all connected, right? I mean, there's also a, a, phys a, a physicality to what burnout and how it shows up. I mean, I know when I'm burnt out, chances are I'm gonna get sick. I'm gonna get a cold, I'm gonna get catch something. So mm -hmm. there's a real mind-body connection to this thing we call burnout. And that, and the whole thing about being out of touch. Oh gosh, so many people are soldiering on. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and and don't want to come back to work to add that element of stress in their life. Well, you know, one of one of the um, uh, antidotes or one of the things that uh, the experts suggest. Uh, when you're burnt out is somehow uh, looking at your job or your work or your profession through the lens of what is your mission? You know, what, what do you see as your purpose? And it kind of gets you back to, to, to being centered. And I think what you described is exactly that, you know, people not wanting to go back to the old job or the old profession because they're saying, you know what, I've learned a lot about what matters to me most uh, in this experience. And I would love to look up the percentage of people who really don't or didn't like their work. Oh, yeah. In general. <laughs> but also, um, my dad, for instance, was a blue-collar worker. He didn't love his job. He loved getting both of his kids through college. Yeah. My, my college cost was one his annual salary wow uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah because his highest purpose was education for his kids but um let me read some of them from a different study sure and these i think stay have stayed pretty steady but so you think you think you listen and think of either um truth of it now or uh, you know okay. what I should get that phone, but I have somebody who's going to get it. Okay. Those factors that cause work-related stress, long hours, heavy workload, changes within the organization, tight deadlines, changes of duties, job insecurity, lack of autonomy, uh, boring work, insufficient skills for the job, over-supervision. You know, it's interesting, people rarely uh, put lack of supervision. Inadequate really? environment, the physical environment uh, is bigger than I would have thought. Um, you know, lack of proper resources, few promotional opportunities, harassment, discrimination, poor relationships with colleagues or bosses, and crisis incidents <laughs> in general. So... And um, lack of support. You know, here's the one that I remember that holds true forever, which is um, 
role conflict. Yeah. Oh do my I gosh. Know, do I know what I'm doing? And um, can I feel adequate? People love to feel mastery or being adequate. And right now, almost all of us feel inadequate to the task in front of us. All tasks. Yeah. You know, much like the personal, uh, as you were going through uh, the list, there's got to be in every organization, at least uh, some of these going on from an organizational standpoint, and that at the individual level, whether it be right. a change, change of job, change of boss, lack of supervision, too much supervision, that's happening all the time, which I, I think it gets back to what you said at the very beginning about, you know, we, we think that burnout is, is kind of a destination. You're either in it or not in it when it really sits on a continuum of, uh, of what I'll call uh, wellness, uh, both mentally and, and physically. Mm -hmm. uh, so where do you go with that? It's, it's kind of like anticipating when you're going to fall into that potential danger zone, given what's happening in your life. Well, and and we have sort of fundamentally, we've been talking about what is individual stress and yeah. what is what belongs to the individual and their life, and what part does the, the organization want to support the individual life of their associates, like providing therapy or um, yeah, gymnasium stuff, you know, or. And, and what are the organizational issues that really belong to HR and OD? And, you know, we're doing this because we feel this is the era for HR and OD to really step forward and lead. Um, looking at a, a, once again, talking about the organizational stress, some that are intrinsic to the job, which is work overload, time pressures, physical danger. Yeah. And then there's the role in the organization, which we just talked about, which is role ambiguity, which makes people crazy. Uh, and another thing is, um, and I've seen people ruin their career by taking a role that hasn't been named. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> and they're not, <laughs> yeah, and they're not being paid for it. Um, and the career development is um, interesting because over promotion is very stressful, under promotion is. Um, thwarted ambition is a big one. Yeah. And that feels so luxurious at this time in the world, but there it is. And then relationships at work, including, uh, listen to this one, def difficulties in delegating responsibility. Wow. It really, like I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a client one time uh and his boss just told me the reason we're bringing you in as a coach is this man will be dead in six months if he doesn't change the way he comes to work. And, and he was in that category of he literally uh, took everything on himself and everything had a time urgency and he just was carrying the, the whole weight of the organization. And uh, he, he really didn't need a coach as much as he needed uh, perhaps a therapist, but. Or oh. learning how to delegate. I mean, there's a point in everybody's career if they want to move up in yeah. retail and in food uh, stuff. It's when you go from store manager, even then it's not great if you can't take a vacation 
or if you yeah. can't feel good about leaving your store and know it's going to run for a week or two, then you need some developmental support. Yeah, for and, sure. And that developmental support relieves everyone else as you um, begin to learn healthy delegation. But uh, the structure and climate, which is we would call culture, is um, it's really stressing to have no participation in design or decisions and to have real tight restrictions on your ability through like your boss or money. Office politics is pretty big. We and the the lack of effect effective consultation, um, and then it shows what comes up. What these organizational things create in the individual is anxiety, slightly neurotic, um, little tolerance for ambiguity. Yeah, poor so, decision making. Yeah, yeah, and then it leads into you know things like coronary heart disease. <laughs> yeah, it, it probably won't come as any surprise to you, Joyce, because of our working so closely together. A great indicator of burnout uh, for me is when someone who reports to me will come to me and just say, Bob, I know you really well, and something is off. Uh, is and about you? Yeah, talking about me, like, you know, yeah. you, you're being less like you. It's it. You know, so a good example of that would be I am a positive thinker. I'm very uh, optimistic, but that can turn. When I get burned out, it's it, the, the hopelessness comes in and striking out. So uh, just talking to the people around you and getting that feedback is a, what I call an early warning signal that you're uh, right there uh, on the edge of burnout. And, uh, and as an HROD person, I often had to approach people to ask about that at least. And yes. I, in the very top levels of the organization, and I'm talking senior VP level, there was an element of boredom. Yeah. And I, I wrote an article about the combination of burnout and boredom, which seems preposterous now. It does. It does. But I totally get it. I... Uh, yeah, I have a low tolerance for boredom, so I would go stir up trouble. But <clears throat> I just feel for all of us in this world, and I'm in a pretty luxurious spot in that yeah. I'm retired yeah. and have a home and food and family support. However, the other thing is, so people, all of you, can very gently – reflect to your colleagues and or your family more than how are you doing? How are you doing is so general, but to say I'm concerned. Yeah. And I don't like it when people say that to me. And I do have people at this point concerned for me with real elements of what they're seeing in me bouncing back too soon from a death of a spouse, um, trying to take on very too many creative work projects. And frankly, I've had so many people mention to that, that I'm not going to start a darn thing other than this until the end of May. Because I've had, that, I've had three and a half years of trauma with my well, health. Yeah, I, Joyce, I was going to say what you uh, just described as your approach, that, that is such a clear 
way to work through burnout by simplifying uh, what's in your life and being purposeful about what you're going to take on and not take on. Um, that is really important. You said something a little bit earlier on, distinguishing uh, the individual versus the organizational mm -hmm. burnout and mm -hmm. what's the role of HROD. The example that we gave earlier on about the EAP um, and, and just how good an investment that was in terms of the, the mental well-being of our organization, I, I don't think you can distinguish. I think you need to treat the human, the individual, knowing that there's a combination of individual things going on uh, as well as what the organization is putting pressure on them. I, that's, that may seem simplistic, but to me, it's hard, uh, it's challenging to be able to pull that off. Yeah, and I think from your HR point of view, it's slightly more individually oriented, but when we talk about our work as in OD, the system needs to do a lot of good things, oh, like yeah. role clarity, like creating people in the solution for hybrid working and a lot more of that is going on mm -hmm. than it used to but i read and hear more about what is working when i have clients or i talk about the reality they go oh honey <laughs> you don't know so and uh when i i'm very interested in uh, working in the health field and i have recently uh the health field i had quite a bit of time over the past three years with my husband in the hospital. And I would ask nurses and doctors, everybody, huh, so how's that work put together? And how, how come my husband had 25 different people working with him this week? Because <laughs> they write their name and I began to collect it to go, I don't, I don't remember any of you. Um, <laughs> And that's so an organizational thing, or how do they organize around a surgery was very interesting to watch. But recently, um, with doctors and nurses both, and this was at Maine Medical Center, who's that's quite excellent. Um, I would ask the vague question, how are you doing? How are you how are you doing with all of this? They would switch from talking about my husband so fast they were dying to talk about it and the doctors felt much more beleaguered yeah because they were being picked on <laughs> for not doing a good enough job in general and um interestingly enough the nurses some of whom were traveling nurses the traveling nurses indicated the highest degree of mental health they had more control yeah and more relief so I was going to say they step in, it's urgent, and then they leave. Yeah. So by the way, know. they did say I'll put in a plug for Maine Medical that <clears throat> it was one of their favorite places to travel to because it was sane, chaotic in yeah. this pandemic, but sane. So involving people in decisions at this point is really important asking about what you want from work. Yeah. And I'm talking about pulling groups together or individual conversations, but um, what is your aspiration long-term? How can we help, help with that? What, you know, just going back to the very basics and then from listening on all aspects to bring people together to make redesign suggestions. Co-creating is your answer for almost all of this. 
Yeah, but and my not biggest just, take- not just sappy. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, not not just chronic assessments, but yeah. touching it. So we're almost at time. I I'll tell you the biggest takeaway that I have from our conversation today is those magical words. How are you doing? And then perhaps asking that two or three times to really get at uh, the the core of how a person's doing. That is such an invitation uh, to to get on the path out of uh, being stressed or burnout. And luxurious words to hear. And asking at the individual level and thinking at the organizational level. Yeah, yeah. And following the how are you doing with a more specifics. What's the hardest part of your day? What continues to drive you in this work during this time of confusion? Because if you put together the stressors on each of us just being part of the world. Yeah. It, you know, uh, there, there's an, something also very powerful in, uh, in the questions that you just asked. The, the focus is on the person, the individual, not on you and fixing it. Uh, so it, maybe I'm reading into it, but it's, it's asking the right questions so people can navigate their, their way, not you owning it and saying, I'm going to take care of this. We're going to no. take all this off your plate. We're going we're gonna to have you take a vacation starting today. You I know, am that's- going, I'm going to end this, or I have to take the time for it. One of the best large group change designs, and I think you may have done some with me, where we went in with a mix of people at different functions and said, what's working well in the company and what isn't? Yeah. And in the old days, we'd have somebody there checking off what isn't and say, we'll get back to you when we fix that. What we did instead was say, now here are four areas that we can explore together. And I want, now I'm going to throw the work back to the tables of 10 and say, what can we, how can we co-create the remedy? And then, then putting together, say, who's willing to work on this beyond your role? And what amazed me is how people got excited about working beyond their role. So that's a a suggestion. That's a great suggestion. It's giving them control right? Yes. And also saying, we will smooth the way, we'll facilitate, uh, but you have the answers. And now we're asking you for the remedies, because we're kind of dumb at the top. (laughs) (laughs) So I, you know, I'll, I'll close by saying, um, you know, this is a topic we could talk about for hours. Uh, I I think the key takeaway is HROD people is not only looking in the mirror, but looking at through the lens of the organization and the individual and uh, not owning the solution, but owning, uh, helping the organization navigate uh, their way out of burnout. That's my takeaway. How about, how about yours, Joyce? Amen. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, we want to hear from you, right, Joyce? Yes. And how do how do we do that? Well, they uh, our listeners can go to uh, bobandjoyce.com 
and it'll take it'll take you to our website and you just hit contact us. Yay. Bob and uh, Bob and Joyce.com. Uh, uh, just one word. Uh, so with that, until the next time, uh, Perfect. be, be well. Okay, so Joyce and I are pretty glad we've got that off our chest. Hopefully you picked up a couple nuggets, whether it be looking at your individual life and what you can do to reduce your stress. Uh, and then as HROD people, that we have a responsibility to uh, help support and promote the wellness of our employees and the organization. So thanks for coming. Uh, continue to let us know what you think and what you agree and disagree with at bobandjoyce.com. You can communicate and contact us, and we'd like to hear from you. So until next week, take care and be well.